Welcome to Creative Codex. We're doing something a little different today. Now, that sound you're hearing is the distinctive street traffic of the South Bronx. That's where I am today, in New York City. And where are we driving? Well, in the last episodes, we explored creativity in artists who are no longer with us. Those who are relegated to those dusty old history books. But this episode, will follow a little different format, where I have a conversation with a living creator, someone who may one day appear in one of those same art history books in the future. And it happens to be a friend of mine. I'm on my way to visit my longtime friend, Jerome Lamar. And we'll have a sit-down conversation about his career, his creative process, and the benefits of setting your goals and sticking to them. I happen to know Jerome from high school. We both went to an art-centric school called Art and Design High School in Manhattan. And since those tender early years, he's gone on to become an incredibly successful figure in New York City's fashion and design industries. I mean, his accolades are almost too many to briefly mention. He often works as a creative consultant for major brands. He opened his own successful fashion boutique in the South Bronx called 9J. He was even on the cover of the New York Times. I mean, he's a consummate creative and he has figured out a way to make a living being that. So I want to talk with him. I want to find out. What does it take to be as successful as Jerome Lamar? I didn't know the Frank Gate was Hello. <laughs> what? These great gates up there. Oh, so yeah. I said, just walk into the room. Oh, it's my first time. I don't know how to yeah. get around here. Yeah, they're doing like filming or something. Filming yeah. in Panada's or something. There's always, there's a bunch of different chefs and oh. artists and artisans. Yeah, no, it's pretty cool area. Yeah. Thank you. It's officially now like, since the day I opened, remember when I opened that store? Yeah. Hey. Yeah, I opened the store. Awesome. Yeah. Just things just started happening, right? Literally everything started happening. Welcome. It's like kind of a mess in like days. No worries. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Without further ado, Jerome Lamar. So I'm here with the one and only uh, New York City fashion genius and <laughs> entrepreneur, Jerome Lamar. Uh, welcome to Creative Codex. Thank you for having me. Um, we got history, so this is really good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We we uh, we were just kind of catching up on on some things, and uh, we've known each other uh, for many years since high school. I'd, I've forgotten to count how long high school was. Since high school, what's that? Nineteen ninety nine. Let's say it started. I, I yeah. remember because uh, yeah, we uh, definitely uh, entered at nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. To now, whatever that you do the math. <laughs> That's what seventeen years. Ninety-nine. I mean, if we're in twenty nineteen now, yeah, that's twenty years, right? You can't see my face, but my face was in total shock. It's twenty years. We're like, oh, yeah. You you know, you (laughs) you know, you're starting to get old when you start to measure things in like huge spans of time. 
like decades. Years. When you're measuring things in decades, that's usually a sign that. Then 2029, we'll be like, wow. 30 years. Remember that? <laughs> so um, I'm gonna try to like ask you a bunch of questions that I think are, are insightful, hopefully, and yes. uh, will get us into some good ground to, to, to tread. But we may veer off on tangents, and that's totally fine. And if I don't even get to uh, half the questions that I have, I think we'll still find something interesting to. I'm with it. To, to explore. I am with it. Cool. So I'm going to start with a really dreaded question that you've probably answered a million times uh -huh. because it'll help people know more about you if they don't already know you. Jerome, what do you do? Whoa, it's more like <laughs> what don't I do? I what? do everything. Um, my background comes from fashion design. Um, however, I stepped away from designing clothes and specifically to do everything else outside of the box. So, you know, from designing furniture hmm. to... Are those pieces you designed? The, uh, that yeah, those two chairs oh, wow. designed by me. Um, fragrance, candles, you can't... Well, I don't have it out. Um, career of directing, consulting for brands like Google, Nike, L'Oreal. Um, Are and you doing I, more consulting stuff these days? Yeah, I'm, I'm a creative consultant, you know, mm. so... Um, whether it's from, you know, executive producing series to designing interiors, I'm the guy for it. I'm hyper, I'm a hyper creative. Mm. I think I inherited that from my granddad. Hmm. I can do anything. What did your granddad do? Like, because uh, he, I haven't heard anything about your granddad. Yeah, so he was an art teacher, mm. but he's a guy who does everything. So he did photography for a long time. He taught photography for a long time, he paints, he can create with his hands as far as sewing. Is he still around? Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. I visited him, I surprised him for the holidays actually. He's mm -hmm. in North Carolina. So I come from a very creative family. Yeah. Both my grandparents on both sides of my family were in the arts and creatives. So I like was born to do what I'm doing. Hmm. But at the same time you were saying when you were a kid, mm -hmm you were different and you didn't fit in with Yeah, because all of my cousins, although they had the ability to draw, they didn't practice it. Oh, okay. Or paint, or hmm. I was the guy who stayed in, like summer vacation, I would go to South Carolina when they first moved down south. And I would sit with my, my grandmother and my grandfather, I would learn how to garden, I would learn how to sew, I would learn how to, you know, even though I already had the ability when I was born, I nourished it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and became a beast because I got all the information from both ends. Right. You know? A lot of While everyone was playing football or basketball <laughs> outside or frisbee, <laughs> right. you know, I was inside learning, drawing, painting, yeah. reading. Nurturing those, those aspects of yeah, yourself. Yeah, didn't even yeah. learn how to bake. Like, mm. So it's crazy. My sister and I learned how to sew from my grandmother. We made Barbie clothes down south one year. It was like so crazy. <laughs> I remember the day, it's so weird, but yeah, a, a right. good family, you know, like a really, just to have a, a great foundation, I think yeah. that's what it is. My grandparents were super creative and fun, but I guess the generation after, they had a different upbringing, right? Mm. Their parents were so creative, these, this group of people. Next one, like the stricter kind of old world. I need to work somewhere, mm. I need a pension. I need, you know, my mom, yeah, my, my dad. Yeah. yeah. 
You know? Dad still tells me about that. Like, when like, are you gonna get like a steady job? Uh, my job is steady, <laughs> and I am enjoying it. And I don't work for anyone. Thank you. Right. Yeah. And, that's the world that they were brought up in. Yeah, what's with know? that? It, like skips a generation. It's very strange. It, 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 I think that's what it is. So mm. now, I mean, my mom is retired. My dad's retired. But they see that, like, they had my mom and my dad, um, they're, you know, they can draw too. They, oh, yeah? Really? My father was okay. an amazing artist. Mm. My mother was too. But mm. they didn't think it was necessary to go into that mm. instead they put me and my siblings in great creative programs so mm. it's like they saw the they, value of it god clearly. yeah they Which just they you know they knew it was a i don't i'm so grateful because i'm thinking back like my dad was awesome and his mom went to art and design no kidding on my no dad's kidding. side yeah really? um and my grandfather on my mom's side went to a and d so hmm. i didn't know that until way after college. Really? Like, so oh, that late? So, so weird. Because no one talked about it. Uh. Just, you know. So, didn't even know that. And they probably knew each other, but didn't know that. They didn't mm. know each other, right? My granddad and grandmother on the other side. So, yeah. like, it's just the way it works. But to have parents who allowed me, because I say the word allowed, allowed me to explore spirituality, creativity, um, Myself mm. is great because yeah. I'm, you know, I'm from the Bronx. That's not normal. Mm. Bronx Harlem, you know, a town guy. So. Yeah. Um, and I'm a person of color, so that's not normal, you know, to have uh, a structured, you know, kind of upper middle class kind of understanding of the world, and then to be able to have a family that allows you to be creative. Yeah, it's like structured freedom. Kind yeah. Of. yeah, yeah, which is amazing. Yeah. And structure, yeah, hella, hella structured freedom, yeah, exactly. Mm. So, yeah. I think allowed is a great word because my parents kind of did the same thing where like, mm -hmm. neither of my parents are particularly creative. Like the most, it was like my mom maybe wrote poetry in high school mm -hmm. that she still has from like her yearbook. <laughs> and my dad played accordion when he was like, uh, I don't know, my age or something. Mm -hmm. But. Um, certainly, they didn't really quite know what to do with me, uh, with, with like my 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 desire or just natural need to create, mm -hmm. like either music or just mm -hmm. go in my room, lock the door, and like mm -hmm. plunk away <laughs> on the keyboard while recording it on a tape recorder, and then like really poorly singing, and then like they didn't know what to do with that. They didn't oh, know what no. to do with it. Those but, days of locking yourself in a room and creating is you, amazing. I have no idea how many hours uh, of my childhood was spent that way, but to my credit, it was like you said, it was allowed. It was like, well, let him do whatever that Just is, because be. clearly there's something there yeah. that he needs to get out or he needs to explore, which is so, good. I'm going to take off his hoodie. Yeah. Now I'm hot. Sure, sure. That is, yeah, so that is the... Ooh. Wow, it's air in here. Is it that fever? fever? I think so, yeah. Are you taking anything for Tylenol or something? For the yeah, fever it's reducer? Like, I already took some, but... Still, yeah. It's a working fever. Right. <laughs> working through it. <laughs> Do you feel that um, you've gotten to a point in your life where you understand creativity? Or yes. if it's, it's a lifelong journey where you'll never really truly understand it? No, I think... I think I totally get it. Mm. I see creativity as as a river that we all can sip from, 
and we can all use it whenever we need it. And we can choose to use it whatever way we want. But those of us who use it accordingly to empower people to make things beautiful, those are the ones who win. Mm. I believe it. I can, I can feel it. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, I know it. Like, it's like a knowing. Like, you know it. Like it's a, like, like a so close crazy. friend, right? Like, yeah. you know, like the, the process of it feels like somebody that you closely know. Yeah. Like, I know when I need to, like, call upon it. Like, mm. I can conjure it. And I can mm. feel it come around me. And I can, my eyes, like, go white. And then I'm in a zone. And I come out of it. I'm like, oh, okay, well. Thank you. You know, it's like a thing. Mm. And most people are taught not to even tap into it. Mm. You know, well, uh, uh, in the past, <clears throat> in the past, I think that's what it is. People, I think people in the past were advised not to get too creative. Now I think there's a generation of people who are like, I'm not working for you, I want to create. Or um, using it to do something more with it, you know? Yeah. Whether it's writing or creating music or designing or creating art, people are using it better now. Um, mm. I think that's also why there's so many self-made billionaires that are so young now. Yeah. Because they're using this energy that's surround them to kind of empower other people in whatever way that they choose. Whether it's through technology, creating, that's innovation, that's, mm. that's creativity. Mm -hmm. You know, so... Yeah, now, like, I love this idea that I no longer have to explain myself when I walk into a room. <laughs> I no longer have to say, you know, in a room of like doctors and lawyers and athletes and, you know, executives, I no longer have to say, well, I'm a designer or, oh, I'm a creative director. I don't have to say that anymore. I don't have to mm -hmm. defend it. I don't have to um, make people understand it, mm. it simply is now. And it, some people are envious and I love it. Cause I look, you know, I, I may not be, you know, I may not look like a total peacock, but I don't look like a damn structured box either, right? right, right I know right. when I walk into a room, I have a presence and I know what it represents. It represents a full on creative life. Like I am sure. creative. I'm the guy that these big companies call in because right, right. And I'm not going to hold things back because I'm so creative. And in some ways, they expect you to be that they guy. They expect me to be... They don't want, oh, the color is gray. They don't want you to come in with a suit and tie. And, and here's the analytics of the gray color. They don't want that. They don't want a suit and tie. They don't want any of that. They want my avant-garde color, um, straight to the point, just different lingo, you know, they, they love that. And I love that this is what's happening, yeah, you know? Yeah. And it's just great to just not have to explain yourself anymore. I think mm. that's for every creative. Like, they know they need us. Because right. before it was, you need to be a doctor. <laughs> Why aren't you going to law school? But now those people wish that they went into creative fields. I think that's kind of happening. Yeah, it's very strange. It's definitely happening because I love it. Like yeah. seriously, going into conducting conferences and having all the VPs and all the, 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 the directors who are so corporate. And just, they're feeling a little jelly right like, now. So you know. 
their mouths are open and they're in awe. Uh, I love it. Uh, and, and I'm not, and the same way I'm talking to you is the same way I talk to them. Sure. This looks like crap. This will never work. Why would you think of that? Do you have people of color or other races on your team? Mm. Like just to kind of, oh, wow. Just to give them perspective. Oh, where can I go? Yeah, I'm going to follow you. You're so cool and creative. Thank you. That's why you pay me a lot of money. <laughs> and I leave. The invoice is sent. And I have the money in my account. Right, right. Do you think um, <laughs> creativity is like a talent or a skill or a little bit of both? I think it's a little bit of both. Like you have to nourish it, right? Mm. Some people choose not to nourish it. So it goes away. It's a gift. Because definitely like you could say something like drawing mm-hmm. is a skill. Mm-hmm. And unless somebody has like detriments in their like fine motor skills, mm-hmm. they can pick it up. Like they can take a class or, or they're or, or Anyone could be creative. Is how far do you want to take it? That's what I think. Like I'm learning pottery now because mm-hmm. I just think it's time. Well, it gives to, you like a different, like a spatial sense, right? Yeah, and I'm really good at it right now, mm. so I, I love that. I've taken, I'm taking life drawing again. Oh, cool! Oh, I love life drawing. get back into yeah. it on Tuesday nice. nights. It's like really nice at the Illustration Society. Mm. Um, I'm taking. I'm at the point in my career where I'm just taking classes, like astrology classes, so I can be certified in that. Meditation classes, so I can learn how to conduct meditations. Just these are all creative things that are um, that I think I needed to download right. for my own brain to evolve into the next person. Well, that you're, I want to be. you're constantly growing. Yeah, in, in all and these I need more. My fields. brain is like saying, "Feed me." Yeah, I don't. And people ask, "Oh, when are you designing clothes?" I'm like, "Ill clothes was sold ten years ago." Like. <laughs> I did everything I needed to do as a designer. Like, really? what do you want me to do? Keep making clothes? Mm. I'm not interested in just clothes. I'm interested in making the world beautiful. Mm. So where, whether it's creating pottery and cups and mugs or, like I said, chairs or paint colors, my job is to make people feel inspired and to show them that they need to be creative. Like, mm. period. Just beautifying know? life. Period. All of life. Mm. It's hard work because people think it's just... Oh, you're you're just so lucky. No, it's a lot of mind work. There's a lot of work work. There's yeah. a lot of um, sacrifice. Definitely, a lot you know, of like sacrifice. I, a lot of work that goes underappreciated. Yeah, like that you don't even know that somebody is staying up all these extra hours Put to, in the to work. work. Yeah, people don't see that part. They just see the cute post on Instagram. So mm. you know, I'm at the point in my career where I'm saying, like, I can choose to work, or I can choose. Not to work. It's up to me. But it doesn't feel like work. You know, yeah. I'm making a great living of creating things and making beautiful things and helping brands. But there's a step further that needs to happen. I'm looking at my computer because I've been writing. Um, mm-hmm. There's a step that needs to happen now um, as far as creative writing and expressing my point of view yeah. about creativity, spirituality, mm. sense of style, self, um, and my philosophy on the world. Have you, have you been writing like even just personal journals Mm-mm. on your own for a while now? Because I find it's that that's funny. Really helpful. I, yes, my personal journal yeah. has been Instagram, my mm. Insta stories. 
Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. That, I put I my quotes up. And sure. I don't think too much about it. I sure. literally wake up. Which a lot of them are, are really good. Thank you. I don't think about it. Yeah, I don't very, remember very what thoughtful. half of them are. Yeah. I just kind of just, when I'm up, I just, there's a lot of misspellings and typos. Like, I, have, I have like a little, either it's on my phone or like yeah. a physical little book where, where I keep just thoughts that I feel sum up something more profound mm-hmm. than maybe I was working on. Or something like this, but but I mentioned the writing thing because mm-hmm. I, I've recently, in the last year, been been more actively like writing things mm. down, typing, or, or just any any form of actually putting words either on paper or on a screen, mm. and like I find that it helps you compose your thoughts. Like it's not just like I gotta write something nice and you can read it later. Mm-hmm. It's like it it does something to your neurons, which is really weird mm. and fascinating. Which is like. Um, you don't realize you're thinking certain things until you've written them, out. written them out. And in the process of writing them out, like this thing is linked with that thing, and like those neurons link with those that neural network, <laughs> and it becomes kind of like a, a flow of ideas. But at the same time, I think that's time, what's happening now. You solidify the thoughts yeah. that you have, like the ideas. Well, I guess yeah. I have tons of emails to myself of ideas that I've oh, been keeping yeah. for years yeah. of just like thoughts, 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 thoughts. I haven't looked at them yet. Because now that I'm actually gonna write something, I'm like kind of afraid to see what I was writing before. No, they're, you'd be surprised. I'm sure you'll find. They're probably a lot of the same stuff. thoughts, just now it's more profound, right? So well, no, I've I've certainly found quite a few insightful, profound things that I forgot that I had thought or written about. Oh. Just looking back, yeah, you should. I'm gonna totally pull them do. up. We take for granted the idea that like we think that at this point in time we're the most wise we've mm, been or something, you know? Yeah, because it's so true. People are like you've probably been super insightful for right. the last decade maybe like mm-hmm. probably right mm-hmm. i mean it's it's if, if high school was 20 years ago they shit uh, yeah since uh, since after yeah college if you did that um <clears throat> oh my god college was a piece of shit <laughs> that's, 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 it was so boring no uh, well, it didn't engage you i guess right uh, yeah i went to fit right so, i remember yeah, fit that's right it was so we went to art and design that was fit Literally everything. I really, had just exactly the same. Oh, crap. So they assumed that you hadn't gone to an art high school because most people don't. They don't. And so until they the saw my stuff. sketches, mm. and then I got taken out, and then they put me in all the advanced classes. I was like, "What?" I remember it. It was cool because I knew I was like, "You get an entry test." It felt a little special. Like I felt beyond special <laughs> because I'm over there illustrating on with both hands. Like this is nothing. <laughs> Y'all better wake up. I knew, you know how I was when I was younger. Sure. <laughs> so college wasn't, wasn't as uh, significant for me as high school was, I think. Oh, that's interesting. Huh. High school to me was where I learned a lot of, like refined my skills more than college because the teachers weren't, the professors at FIT, <laughs> and by then I was already a young executive. Mm. And in college, baby fat. Baby fat. Mm. So my world was totally way more advanced than my professors. Hmm. I couldn't. I could not handle it. But I did it. Did you finish? No. Because a lot of people don't. I got my associates, and I have a whole year left in my bachelor's. Mm. I have an honorary degree now. Mm. They gave me one. Really? (laughs) Okay. It was like. Well, they, they felt like 
Uh, it would be better to have you on the roll call as like somebody who went there yeah. and has a degree, and then to, to then to not have you at all. Yeah, it's crazy. That's kind of that's when you know you're starting to do something right when people just start giving you honorary uh, hey. degrees. Like, yeah, the honor. It was just so cool because I never knew that I would get one. But well, I mean, in certain fields, it's not really that important, right? You want to know why I've left in the first place? Yeah, why? <sighs> They were different. It was a different time, right? Uh-huh. So, the last year you had to take an internship. Mm-hmm. And I remember going down to, um, to programming and saying, hey, I don't need an internship. I already have, like, I have interns. I need interns. <laughs> so I don't need an internship. They yeah. said, how do you have interns? And I looked extremely young and everything shifted. Yeah. Because I was, I looked 10, 10 years younger, right? They were like, no, 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 like this is not a game. And I was like, what do you need me to do? Here's my corporate card. Mm. Here's my business card. What do you need from me? Like, did they get it? Nope. Nope. <laughs> and I went to LA uh, for, for work, and it was like, I'm not going back. Mm. I didn't. <laughs> it was just the, like the logistical thing. That just, it was like this bureaucracy, formality like, kind of thing. Because I look young, you don't think that I can, like, that I have, didn't even try to look deeper or ask yeah. questions. They just said, this is the requirement. What you need to, uh-uh. You know, it's always someone angry at the mm. window. I know they regret it. Yeah, because I got my honorary degree regardless. <laughs> Not to be cocky, but it's like, it's all good. But it was it's just funny because it was like a different time, right? Mm. It was before social media. It was before. Uh, I guess yeah. I guess they would be more. They didn't have no clue. And I, close-minded and I, about it back they then. They did not have any way to reference it. There was no. Mm. We wrote, of course, you can print something out and send it, show it to them. But you, you know, they would, you know, this. It just didn't add up because it was right. not comprehensible. Now it is. There's no way to quantify it. Exactly. Interesting. So that's just the way it is. Mm. Um, but it's okay. You know. Yeah, yeah, it ended up uh, working out for you anyway. Yeah. yeah, and you know, just you know, I'm just saying that because it was a different time. Right. And people, I don't want people to be like, oh, I'm gonna do it too. No, it's a different time. And um, if I did it now, they'll go, oh yeah, that makes sense. You and you do what you gotta do. You know, they'll think because it's different. Is you have more access and you can. Yeah. You know, it's just a different time. The older people get it a little yeah. more. And the older people are like not even old, they're like our age. It's so it's different. It's true. You know, yeah, it's just like true. a different time. Yeah, anyway, yeah. neither here nor there. Right. <laughs> so um, I feel like what we've talked about in the past, and you've mentioned uh, meditative states being mm. important to you in some way. Like, so how, how does that factor into your world or your process? Or? It's everything. Um, Do you meditate daily? Not as much as I used to, ironically, right? Um, yeah, I wish I had more time for it myself. Oh, yeah, well, your whole life is, like, totally growing. Um, I wake up at 4 a.m. every day, and I try to meditate, but I don't anymore. It's interesting. I used to. Recently, I haven't. I think um, I will... To be very frank with you, I will. Get back but into I, it? Yes. 
but I feel like I'm so full that mm. I need to get the, the energy out first mm. to go back into it. There's just always something to do, you mean? Like the second you wake up? Well, not really. Not for me. <laughs> mm. I will sit and try. I couldn't. I can't sit still. Like, I used to be so centered. Mm. I'm being very frank. Sure. I used to be so centered to sit there 30 minutes meditation. But I think my energy is saying, you need to produce a body of work. Mm. Instead of meditating. Mm. Yeah, when you're feeling an impetus. Mm-hmm. It's like, from oh, somewhere else. Ah, ah. Yeah. literally going, mm, I can't do it. <laughs> I need to, I'm going to go and like, I'm going to sketch something quickly. Oh, I'm going to pretend I'm going to write. <clears throat> it's that. It's like, oh, ah. which is new for me because I never needed that. But now I think because it's feeling like something has to come out, mm. I cannot sit still. Mm. Um, however, I can still guide people yeah. on how to meditate. Yeah. I can't do it for myself as much. Well, and I mean, in some ways, probably. It'll come back. What's that? It'll, it'll, come, it'll back. come back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Once I get this book out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in some ways, I think there's, there's something to be said for that you, you're probably reaping some benefits of meditation and the, the practice of putting your mind in that state that you did over many years, probably. Mm-hmm. And so there are some benefits that you're still reaping from that that allow you to be as productive as you are. Or mm-hmm. I really feel like it's spilling yeah. over now. It's like, yeah. okay, Jerome, you've done it. Not to say you, you're done and complete. No, no, there's still a lot. But like, hey, you have to use this and put it to work. Yeah. Like, you can't sit here if I'm waking you up. This is the universe. If I'm waking you up at this time, maybe you don't have to meditate again. Maybe you do five minutes. Mm. And get your butt up and do something else. Um, and I think that's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's, it's exactly this whole idea of you're up this early. Yes, okay, give thanks. But you need to do something else with it. Mm. Until it's time for you to recharge. I mean, yeah, I, I found that like when there's a lot of things on my plate Mm. There's, like, there's the moment where you know you can either just, just try to get them done try to like uh, float basically without mm-hmm. drowning from all the things uh, on your schedule and to-do list but at the same time um, I found it really helpful to like even sit down for those five ten minutes mm-hmm. and in just a really simple basic meditation yeah. it gives you yep. like a perspective on the things like because sometimes it really gets over the clarity from five minutes is a, is a lot yeah even just from that it's yeah. like a lot even from a basic like thankfulness kind of meditation where yes. like, you just say i'm grateful for this i'm grateful for grateful that. um it gives you, know, you like perspective you know my so i think what's happened was happening to me is when i'm walking mm. i give thanks Oh, cool. Naturally, I don't know what happens or why I do it. Since I was a kid, I say, thank you, God. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. Thank you. I literally say it. My head's down. And mm. so, thank God, now you have, like, headphones. Mm. You and, look less crazy, you mean? Yes. <laughs> and you can, and I'm like, thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Like, literally, I just do it naturally. Mm. And I think that is part of something else well, that, that builds yeah. within this energy field, right? Right. That could be the years of 
some kind of meditation and things like that. For sure. Also, it's definitely a meditation. Spilling over, yeah, yeah. And yeah. you know, um, so the book's name is "Gratitude Is Glamorous," mm. which is my whole thing. Um, mm. And it's saying, like, listen, don't be fooled. There's like a lot of stuff that's in here that comes from like grace. There's so much of like so much beauty that people just don't acknowledge. Mm. They just see the surface. They don't see the amount of prayer or work that goes behind it. Right. So that's why this book is significant. I think that's also why it's like, I'm looking at my laptop saying, oh my God, my book, my lip, it has to be good. <laughs> um, it has to be. Hey, that pressure's good. That pressure, uh, you I've know, never had this pressure kind of pressure to make before. Diamonds. You need yeah. pressure to make diamonds. That's yeah, it. Has. And pearls. <laughs> and pearls. Um, and gems. Yes. Um, this idea of giving thanks and having a gratitude spill over into other things is what the whole idea of the book is. Mm. Like, I can't believe I'm going to write a freaking book. Not a big book, just like a cute little, like, couple of pages. You might get addicted to it and then you'll want to write more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, I can edit myself. I'm, I'm sure you can. Yeah. I'm sure you're very critical of your own work. It's funny, I'm not. Like while it's being made, maybe. No. No. <laughs> you just, it just comes out and, well, that's good. Good for you. <laughs> so I'm very. You're critical of everybody else, probably. No. no? See, that's the thing. Everyone thinks I am. I don't care. No. Really? I'm in this really, I've always been this guy who's like, okay, tell me what you want to do, do it. I don't yeah. care. As long as you do it, make it beautiful. And I'm the same with myself. Like, I don't care about half the things that people think I care about. I really mm. just don't care. My fiance hates it because I'm just like, they're just sneakers. <laughs> At the end or, of the day, right? It's just things. <sighs> and people don't know that side of me. More they, things will come, right? Yeah. yeah, they're just things. Literally, if, I was to, if this was to burn down, God forbid if it does, Sure. I'm going to be fine. Because it's just things, you know, mm -hmm. that was manifested. It could be manifested again. Yeah. yeah. So it doesn't matter. And I just want people to know that part. Like when I, which I'm so grateful for, when I would design my line or when I would style the collection or cast girls, I never cared about what they really looked like. I always want to have a conversation with them hmm. all the time. Hmm. All the girls that I've casted, came from me saying, I like your energy. And everyone who knows me knows I'm like, I like your energy, you're cool, mm. you get it. Mm. Cast it. Mm. Let's see what clothes fits on you, just throw shit on. <laughs> oh, you look great, how do you feel? I love this, I would wear this. Okay, yes, that's your look. You know, mm. I never, I never overthink it. I never overthink it. And I think that's the, that's the wonder, like nothing, explain it everything that's that i'm doing is very much okay if that's what's gonna be let it be yeah, like straight yeah. up hmm okay let's try it like that like mm. very in the moment authentic not well thought out well it's there's there's definitely a process of like discernment yeah i mean I've seen once you have it work, you just go boop it's, it's gonna just, happen. Yeah, I mean, there's clear choices and like really, really beautiful choices being made. So it's like and it just happens. Mm. I don't follow. I don't. Once it's done, I'm like, let's just show it. Sure. Let's move on. Literally, like that's my philosophy. 
So people are asking for me to start my line again or to design again, and I'm like, ill. I don't care about that. I don't, ill. <laughs> like I don't feel like that. I'm not being told to design clothes right now. Mm. I am just like they're asking me. I'm saying that meaning like the energies that's in my brain is asking me to like create something that is tangible and wearable, but mm. it has nothing to do with the way I was designing before. Mm. Different philosophy. Mm. Totally different. How do you respond to those voices or inclinations? I started something. It's not here, but I started creating something else. It's, that's a, a version of where I am now mm. and where I was headed before I stopped doing my line. Hmm. And it's going to come out soon. So um, it's being manifested because it's like, okay, this is the right fabric. Oh, I like this fabric. Oh, this is the cool shape. I like this shape. Hmm. Let's just make it into something. Let's see what happens. Oh, let's put it on a really cute young girl guy. Or maybe a transgender. Let's just throw it on and see what happens. <laughs> it's that. It's like yeah. that kind of idea of letting, letting spirit guide you into whatever way it wants to guide you. And whatever the outcome is, is the outcome. It's <laughs> supposed to happen that way. Everything happens for a reason. Hmm. Everything. Everything. The fact that I had to... Um, the one day that I had to travel, my mom ended up in the hospital. If my mom didn't end up in the hospital, I, didn't, I wouldn't have come back. If I didn't come back, I would have been running around with a crazy fever all over California. Oh, right. You know what I'm saying? You, you would have felt it was especially hot. It's like, uh, what's hot in yeah. California? It's supposed to be hot? Yeah, or? it's like, whatever. It's Cali. I'm here, bitches. You know, like <laughs> selfies and shit. Um, and not realizing the beauty in the effortlessness, I think that's what the term is. Like, mm. nothing, nothing needs to be planned. Nothing needs to be planned. Everything's already given to us. There's a beauty in letting things just happen. Yeah, because most people want to stop it and control it. Mm. My dad's like that. My dad's like very, like I said earlier, he likes to control, but I'm the opposite of him. I'm literally like, whatever, you know, with his structure. but. Uh, I am extremely fluid. Yeah. You yeah. know, letting things be. Oh, this is what's going to happen. Da, 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 da. Oh. Okay, whatever. Let's just go with it. This is the outcome. Let's just go with the outcome and see what happens next. Usually, mm. what happens next is so good. Mm. Usually. Mm. Like, Interesting. Most people are afraid to go past that point. And I'm trying to tell people, go past the point and see what happens. Past like, the point of discomfort of not informing yeah, what's like supposed Yeah, like literally like going, okay. So I always tell people I have the craziest faith in the creator of everything, the all. Mm. That I would literally jump out of a building, crazy tall building. And for some reason, I know it, I can feel it. That the wind will blow me. I was going to say the gust of me. wind will blow you onto like yeah. a, a sack oh, of potatoes on, wow. a, on a rooftop. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you know, someone, you know, there's a person cleaning a window and I'll like fall in that and I'll hit it. And they'll go, oh, and then it comes down. And next thing you know, I'll like trip off somehow. And then I'll hit, you know, uh, I won't hit it, but like I'll tap onto a balcony and then my shirt will grab onto it. And then my shirt will... Rip, 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 and I will ironically so, land on my feet. It'll ease, yeah, it'll ease your fall, right? I will literally like land on my feet and go, wow, that was fun. 
It's so weird because I feel that way about life. Right. I mean, that's. So it's like. It's great. That's a very Zen way of approaching everything. So I think that's why they called me the style monk. Mm. But that's why I want to. I have to. I have to share it, and and that's. So since I was a kid, I've seen, I've had an ability to see everything. I can see things. I don't usually tell people this, but I can see dots. I can see exactly how things connect. I can see it. Mm. And knowing that one thing leads to the other, and after my niece being born, it's like so, it's way vivid. It's mm. like crazy vivid. I am going to say this. I knew I was going to be on the cover of the New York Times. I knew it. I knew it for the Bronx. That was my goal. My right, open the right, store. That's the vision you saw. You've probably maybe even a year before it happened or more. I mean, it was like since I was a kid. Mm. I saw me on the cover of the New York Times, saying the Bronx is beautiful, mm. and highlighting other talents in the Bronx, and that's exactly what I got. And I knew I was going to have the cover. I knew it. Mm. Just like I knew I was going to dress Beyonce multiple times. Just like I knew. But here's it's a. It's a more humbling way, because when I say I know something, it doesn't come exactly the way I see it. It comes in a more uh, dynamic, more magical way, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like I knew so many things was gonna happen, but it didn't happen exactly. It happened better. Mm-hmm. So, since I was a kid, I always said the Bronx is going to be the hot spot. People were like, "Ill, what are you talking about? Like, Jerome, shut up. You sound crazy. And now look, the Bronx is... Yeah, I see a huge building right behind you being mm-hmm. built. Like, mm-hmm. I don't even know how many stories that thing is. It's going to be giant. This is going to be a whole waterfront where I'm, in, where I'm at mm. now. This building's coming down. Um, my store was the beginning of it, and that's exactly what I saw as, as a kid. Mm. And I didn't realize, even getting my job at Baby Fat. I didn't realize that I, there was something that I was doing, which I think everyone could do, connecting feelings to visuals, to smells and textures, to really achieve a goal, to tap into the source, to tap into the river of creativity, mm-hmm. to tap into God all, to really achieve what you need to achieve, you know? So I knew I was gonna get this place. I knew it. And I knew, like I can see it, you know, like I can, there's a, to be able to see what it is you wanna do, or mm. to, to see the outcome, or to see the way you need mm. them to be, is a really important muscle that we don't practice. Right, well, well, it leads me to like, I, I know what you mean though. It leads me to wonder how much that seeing is like a, a maybe it's like a skill or, or just a sense mm-hmm. where you can uh, perceive the trajectory you're mm-hmm. on and where it's going, which is very possible if like, mm-hmm. it's even from when you were a kid, it's very possible that, mm-hmm. you know, you know the, the, the strengths and weaknesses you have mm-hmm. and like you can perceive what the trajectory is if you were to see through all the things that you have intended, 
mm-hmm. versus versus somebody else's understanding of that, which would be that it's it's some kind of like sixth sense that you're seeing the future, right? Mm-hmm. Is it, the, the question is like, which one would it be? I feel like it's like a mix of both. You think so? Yeah, I think um, when I'm doing this thing with my body, I can feel in my brain a connection between both sides of my brain. Oh, okay. Hmm. It's interesting. It's like I can feel it. Like I'm doing it right now, for example. Mm. And I can feel the connecting. I can feel it. And it goes down my spine and then it comes back up. I can feel it. It's like a tingling sensation and it feels amazing. That's also, but that's also why I think I'm prone to migraine since I was a kid. Because I always did it since before I realized it. You know, like I wanted Power Ranger flip heads. I did it and I got it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Without asking, like, I want Power Ranger flip heads. I will literally. The brain connecting. Here's, uh-huh. here are the, here's the whole collection just given to me by my dad. I was like, wow, that's cool. <laughs> you know? So. Um, maybe it's the way my brain is wired. I don't know. Maybe it's like a defect. I don't know. But I do know there is something that we're not practicing mm. early on. Because I think because I was never told that I couldn't do something, mm. which is why it allowed me to do things, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, first job. Um, huh. First job was at Key Food when I first got my working papers. I can't imagine you at Key Food. <laughs> exactly. The thing is this, that was my mom's first job. How old are you? Like 14? I mean, you couldn't even work at 14. I was 15. It's literally that whole time frame. Okay. Right? So, first job, 15, 14, 15, yeah, 15. Did you have you know, little papers to at work? At the same time, I can kind of imagine you at Key Food. Like, I can imagine I was, you like being like, hey, what kind of stuff do you want today? Yo, I was the first male cashier ever. At that place, yeah. They never had a male cashier. That's weird. And for me to be the guy who walked in that space, my mom said, why don't you go to Key Food? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I saw myself like, but I don't see myself as a stock boy because all the boys. Right, oh, well there were stock. boys working, but they were, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I walked in, the owners were there, the perfect timing and I walked in and they said, I like you, they was like old, like Jewish men, <laughs> Jewish, a Jew and an Italian guy. Uh, New, total New York City. Total, That's a- right? And I was in the Bronx too. So oh my God. It was funny because I walked in, my mom, that was my mom's first job. So she was like, just go and see what happens. You'll probably get the stock job because you know, you can do it. Because you're a boy, right? And I was like, not stock. I'm like, right. gonna be someone's manager. <laughs> anyway, like right off the bat. <laughs> yeah, like just straight up. Walked in and was like, well, I remember saying to them, like, of course I can do this job. This job is easy. So I went. They said, do you have a shirt and tie? I was like, what color? Because I was prepared for it. So I went home, came back, started working that day. And I was the first male cashier ever. (laughs) I didn't. I knew it. I knew I was not going to be a stock boy. I knew it. And they, they were like, you are so interesting because I had longer hair and I was like, my, I was just way more feminine in the face. Mm. I was young. And 
I remember being so polished because I was the boy who had a great shirt, tucked my shirt in. Mm. The boys, the other boys would wear a shirt and tie too, but they were stock boys and they would wear big shirts and it was like baggy. You know, the baggy look was in. Yeah, but yeah. I was wearing a very slimmer look. And You're very presentable. Yeah, but yeah. didn't think about it. I was just like, I'm just not like these boys. I'm not right. like these boys and I'm not like these girls here either. Like, right, right. I'm not like any of them. So I learned, they taught me, I learned it in like a two days or whatever. Mm. And turns out I was standing, this is so crazy because I remember within a week of it and I would do, you know, you put the, the back stock at the end of the night mm. and no one's in the store, but just us all working. And I remember saying to everyone, oh, well, I'm not going to be here very long. I said, and it was like, Jerome, just stop. <laughs> I was like, mm, no, I'm gonna stock and I'm gonna make sure it's all beautiful and I'm gonna make sure like you guys know, I'm gonna work for baby fat, without a doubt in my mind. Mm. I knew I was gonna work for baby fat and I did. But the thing is, the thing is I would print, I would sketch on the receipt paper mm -hmm. and everyone would, it turns out my line was so popular because I would sketch when I'm waiting for people to price check and people would go, oh, you're a star, you're gonna be a star, you're gonna be a star. And I was like, yeah, I'm not gonna be here very long. <laughs> I'm just here because I need money. To, I'm gonna work for Baby Fat. Did I tell you the story? That story, no. no it's the first time I've heard that. It's not done. Okay. This is why Good. it's a very important. Good. So my grandmother had passed away, whatever. Well, you know, this is like 15, that whole year. That entire year was magical. Mm. Um, we moved to New Jersey for a while and then we came back or whatever. Okay, boom. So, one, I didn't realize what minimum wage was. I didn't really get it because I was like, hmm. So one day in lunch at Key Food, I'm eating and I was like, minimum wage, 525. What does that mean? And That's what it was back then, yeah? 525. Mm -hmm. And I remember looking at my stuff and it was 795. And I was like, Hmm. I get paid $7.95. Didn't realize everyone else was getting paid $5.25. I was paid more than everyone else did. Oh. Probably like a manager. Told you I was going to be a manager. What? Um, that's how weird. Isn't that weird? That is strange. Weird, right? Uh, but didn't even care about it because I was like 15. I'm not working here long anyway. What? I'm going to work for Baby Fat. <laughs> so my line became popular because everyone would want to know my story, how I'm updating. Like, did I, did I call Baby Fat? Did I check in? Did oh, I like get a job? Ready. Oh, wow. People, I had, People in the neighborhood mm -hmm. were starting to They were get. literally, my line was always the longest, but it was the fastest because I was very quick. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. Well, <laughs> like, you had to punch it in. You yeah, didn't have to, yeah. like... You know, and I knew all the codes. I memorized it. My memory is amazing when it comes to photographs and numbers and stuff like that. So I remembered everything. It was amazing. You know, what was so crazy is in art and design, there was a, what was his teacher's name? I wasn't even in his class. What subject do you know? I don't know what he taught. He was what like did he look like? A bigger kind of Spanish guy, kind of like Italian guy. Your glasses, a boxier suit. Oh, you always wear your suit, right? He's the guy. Yeah. I think he taught the anatomy drawing class. Yes. Pactor? I think so. Maybe. I wasn't in his class at all, but he stopped me in the middle of the um, hallway <laughs> yeah. and he told me. Yeah. He was like, 
you should go for, come to this program for like honors, for like the AP kids. Cause I was, I was AP, but not in all the AP classes, like yeah, all the yeah. AP kids. I was in like a few of them. And he, he told me to come, I went. And there were many, many for older kids, this mm. program. And I went and I had a portfolio, you had to have a portfolio and everything like that. And I did this panel. Before all of this, I was calling Baby Fat every day. Really? Every day. Really? Every day. You were looking for this any kind of work that you can't with them? So much so that the the receptionist knew my name and number. I mean, back then, that's that's a pretty unique thing, too. I mean, today, internship, like, everybody's supposed to get one. Back then, yeah. that's, that's pretty unique. Hey. Yeah. Every, every day after school, every day before school. Wow. Every day, I would keep, and I kept sending my resume in, sending my resume in. Mm. Illustrations and everything. Franny. I mean, would they give you a runaround? Would you get a voice message? Franny would always answer, and she, okay. I got to know her name. Like, she got to know mine, too. She was like, she said, I'll never forget this. She's like, Jerome, baby, you are so great, but right now we don't have an internship for you. We mm. really don't. When you're, in, when you're in college, just hit us back. We will have a position for you. And I, and I stopped, and then my grandmother died. So this is all like, I was like, okay, it's not for me. I thought my, I was having dreams and visions of me working at Baby Fat the mm-hmm. whole time. And I was like, I really thought I was supposed to work there. <laughs> this is what I'm saying before. It, was, it doesn't happen the way I thought it would. It, I see, right, right. And I was told no. Mm-hmm. So many times. Mm-hmm. So I did the Pro Honor, Honor Society program, the, the program for internships. And there was a big panel of people, executives who worked in the industry. Mm-hmm. Didn't know who the fuck they were. Just was like, okay, whatever. I don't see Kamorley Simmons or Russell Simmons, so who gives a fuck? <laughs> I'm just gonna talk my shit. And I was so confident, like extremely confident, because you know that's how I was back in the day, extremely. Anyway, I did it, I talked it. They were like, wow, you're great, da da da. Okay, thank you, whatever. It's not for me anyway. In my mind, I was saying that. We had our portfolios out, all the kids from other schools. It wasn't just art and design. It was like oh, yeah? one other kid from art and design. Mm. Um, all these kids from other schools, they were older. They were like junior, senior, I was still freshman. And I remember we had to do a, a group project together, like, mm. you know, different schools, different ages, come together, build a company, present it to the panel again. Mm. And I was like, oh, I hate team groups. You know, <laughs> I hate it. And I was a kid, I knew I was like, these kids cannot keep up with me. <sighs> Whatever. We did it. The guy who was supposed to, he was like a senior. He was like nervous and stuttering. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I remember looking at him and something just said, take over. <laughs> I took over. I literally took over. No kidding. And I wasn't what I was supposed to do. I just was like, she does this. We have to build a, a company and who is this person and what are they about? And it was, you know, it was about the arts and fashion and culture. And I went off. I just was like, I said all this amazing shit and I presented it and people, they thought I was the president of the company and oh, I wasn't. Okay. I wasn't. I was just like, because I was the youngest one, you didn't have a title, right? Mm. But I was one who stood out. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I wasn't afraid to talk. I'm sure, yeah. Okay, so now after that's over, that was a full, this is a full day. Oh my God, so crazy. So 
everyone has their portfolios out. Mm-hmm. And all the executives got to walk around. Mm-hmm. And I'm sketching because I'm like, this was a waste of time. That was a waste of time. <laughs> I'm supposed to work for Baby Fat. Right. And no one here is from Baby Fat. Those people from Michael Kors and like Mark Jacobs and like great companies mm-hmm. that I didn't care about because they were in Baby Fat and Fat Farm. So you thought. <laughs> so here comes this Asian girl. She's flipping through my portfolio. I didn't even make eye contact with her. <laughs> and she said, Kamora is looking for someone just like you. And I knew. I was like, in shock, because I was like, I didn't mm. make eye contact yet. Mm. She wrote her name on someone else's card because she didn't have cards yet. Oh, wow. And it said, see Leah Baby Fat. Mm. That yeah, that hit you. That must have hit you hard. It, it was a total, it was a rap. Right. Um, it's crazy. It's really crazy because that's what changed my entire life. Right. That yeah. moment. That's when I was like, I know. I knew, I knew, I knew. You know, I've always known I can do certain things. I understood that I was seeing certain things in my brain and seeing it and pulling the energies to me. But it was like a joke. It was like, ah. Right. It happened. It didn't happen the way you thought it would happen, but it happened. It, happened yeah, it snuck up on you a Way bit. better than I expected. Hmm. And I knew, though. The thing is, I knew it was going to happen. I just didn't know when. Yeah. And how. Because they told me to stop calling until I was in college. I got an internship at 15 years old. Mm. Never, no one's ever done that before. I mean, in For the s- company I actually wanted. Right, right. I mean, in a sense... You, you were already mentally there, right? Yeah. You kind of already saw yourself. You kind of like triangulated your position into the future. And you're like, I'm already there mentally. And then so all, all of your biology. There. Let me get there. Yeah, all of your biology, the way you think about things, the way you see the world, the way you speak and present yourself at the time was already there, right? So already. Like, all it took <laughs> was finally for that one moment where an opportunity, a window opened and they were like, oh, yeah, no, clearly he's the one because he's already there. Like, that would make sense, right? So it's like, Insane. interesting, interesting. I got a chance to meet Franny in person. Mm. All these, I, did, I skipped all of the steps. Right. And went straight to where I needed to be. Hmm. Right at Kamora's, right there. there was that no alone one. is an amazing lesson. It was an amazing lesson. And that was years ago. Mm. And then I started doing it. I started to take myself seriously and say, wow, I'm doing something, I've done something, let me keep practicing. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm, I really admire that thing you were saying though with the calling them every day. I mean, cause that's something Straight nobody up. does. Do, 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 Especially do, do, these do. days, like people, they're like, they're not that, not that they're timid, but they'll assume like, oh, if it's gonna happen, it'll happen. And I'll just, just I'll wait. apply one more, I'll, I'll do one more application. And then I'll, you know, if they really like me, they're going to call and then kind of like, you know, they take their hands off the situation. But that's, that's really interesting when, when you're that determined for something. Because it probably does something to you, too, to know that you're that determined. Crazy. And then, yeah, that's interesting. To really, like, to know. It was the knowing part. It was mm. like, are you kidding me? And that's why I, I want people to know, like, never tell anyone that they can't that do it. That they can't it. do that or get yeah. to that position. Right, right, because you never freaking know. And I knew my no one. My mom never said no. My parents never oh, really? said. Oh really? Really? So they allowed never, it. They allowed they it. They were just yeah. like, "Well, call every night." <laughs> so that's it. Yeah. It was like, 
you know, okay, well, my mom was just like, Did you call? Yeah. Doot, 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 doot. I would literally, you know, it's the, it's the freaking whatchamacallit phone. Like the old school kind of like, you know, it wasn't a cell phone. It was the, it was an actual house phone. Like, yeah, doot, yeah, doot, doot, little doot, button one. You could hear it, you know? Yeah. So that was a, um, and to be there and just constantly saying, I, I just knew it. I remember my first resume sending it to them mm. and just knowing that I was going to work there. And God, everything happened for a reason. Hmm. Um, and I did exactly what I said I was going to do while I worked there. Hmm. They created my position for me, um, which is so crazy. I learned so much there because it was an exec. It was a corporate office. It wasn't like it wasn't a game. It was a corporate office. So yeah. I learned yeah. different things, and I became very significant because I was the youngest one, and I understood culture and color and concept. Mm. And, and it was, I was like no one else. And Kamora took care of me and nourished me, and so did Tina, who mm. is my former manager, which is, she was my former boss at Baby Fat, and I hired as my former, as my manager. Mm. Uh, last year hmm. she still is my manager but just not right now anyway because that was a part of my vision too um, long story anyway it's just to say just to keep manifesting yeah. and I want to show people that and I haven't told the story I have told the story to people but it's time for me to tell the story mm. and write it out yeah yeah because yeah. everyone knows it they, they kind of know it mm. they remember it a little bit but mm. they don't realize and now that baby fat is being relaunched which is the way i saw it in my brain because mm. i was like well they're gonna probably relaunch when i'm like 33. they just announced a women's day i think on every, <laughs> you know and it's so funny because i knew it yeah i just yeah. Yeah, you felt it. Didn't yeah. care, you know? I was like, you know, your, it's going to be launching like 10 years because I left Baby Fat at 23. Uh. And I knew, and I announced to them, and I was like, in the next four years, it's like not going to exist. Hmm. There's something definitely to be said also for that, that thing of how determined you were and that the, the thing that you like want that badly that you're like you're trying to will into existence. Mm -hmm eventually happens or maybe happens while you're still willing it but sometimes it doesn't happen the way you expected nope. it like yep. because i when i was going through college and all this stuff i like my dream my career was to be a film composer like mm. that's what i wanted that's what i was trying to will into existence i went mm. to bed every night thinking about it because i would work on things like projects like student projects that were they didn't pay me anything but i was just doing it to get experience mm. and i would wake up thinking about it like okay what do i need to do next in the step of this career and so um, looking back, I realized that it, that did actually did the dream did manifest. There was I, I was like so obsessed with doing this thing that I would like I would go on Craigslist every single day um, and look for projects to to work on. And sometimes I'd get them, sometimes I wouldn't. But every fucking day I would be on the Craigslist replying to projects for them. Um, wow. One time. There was a project, um, it wasn't even a project, it was just somebody's manager and they were like one, one sentence which was like, we're looking for an orchestrator for a well-known composer, that's it, like uh -huh. that's it, on a, uh -huh. on a Craigslist ad. Uh -huh. And I responded to it but I like always, every single one of these freaking Craigslist ads, even if it was for like a low budget project, I would like personally write an email, like you know one of these emails that it takes you 30 minutes to write, right? Oh, like, I was that those obsessed. days. Those days. And 
you know what, from that, from that one silly, like, Craigslist post, that actually became something. That became like, um, I, I worked as like an orchestrator for this guy, Paul Cancelon, in, mm -hmm. and, and which is very unique because most of the industry is on the West Coast in mm -hmm, Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And so, but I was so determined to get it, like that um, it still happened for me. And then I made a lot, of, a lot of good money on, on a few projects with him. I were like Hollywood level stuff. They got on ABC, they, they played in theaters with like it was a Hillary Swank film. And I met Tony Golden, who ended up playing oh like as God. the president in like, one one of the one of the other shows he ended up being an actor in because he was a director of, of the Hillary Swank film. Mm -hmm. But but just to say like that determination and like unstoppable will mm. it did manifest something. And I don't know if that was all my all me or like some kind of energy in the universe. But you're right. It, like something still came of it, and uh, it didn't happen the way I expected it. It never because, does. But it, it happened. And it that's happens. Weird. That's weird. It happens. Right. Um. There's so many examples I can give. Mm. So many. So many. One example was Samsung. So, huh. Samsung had an ad outside my office on 35th Street. Mm. This is like 2015. And I kept saying, I want them as a client. Mm. I want them as a client. Let me find an email on LinkedIn. How can I get someone at Samsung? <laughs> I need someone at Samsung. Right, right, right. To be right, my right. client. I want to be my client. I want to do color for them. I want to trend. I want to do concept for them. I love it. Because this is, you know, me being a creative, a creative consultant. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, get up. <laughs> Couldn't find anyone because their emails are so, it's like, Name, first name, something else, dot, Samsung, dot, something, dot, mm. US. It's like complex on purpose, so you can't get them. Right? Uh. Something weird like that. So I stopped. So whenever I stop putting the energy towards something, it's as if it's, um, it's, as, it's as if the universe is doing the rest of the work. Like you've already launched that. Like you did already, right. you did enough, Jerome, calm down. That's mm -hmm. what everyone tells me, and it's like my whole model now. You did enough. <laughs> you did enough. <laughs> you're you're so crazy. You need to chill out. Right. That's basically what the universe says. Yeah, 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 yeah. So ironically, the universe basically, um, this is not supposed to have happened. But I got an email randomly from a totally separate thing from Samsung, hmm. and Sam, someone from Samsung said hi. We're looking for creatives. Hmm. I didn't. I didn't email anyone yet. No, I was just trying to find emails. I was just so trying was, to find them. Yeah, for like months. Oh, really? Yeah, didn't get anyone's email because it was so hard to like figure it out. Hmm. Someone hit me up and they were like, "We're looking for creatives in New York, who who have like cool homes. Hmm. Can we like come to your apartment and see what your apartment's like?" No kidding. Of course, I'm in the Bronx, so like you come up. Just. <laughs> Didn't realize it was for Samsung. Oh, really? They came in, they said, so we're shooting something for Samsung. Oh. We're looking for someone's home, like their whole lifestyle. We think, um, we have a bunch of candidates, but we just want to see your apartment. You seem really cool and really like funny and stylish and we want to know more about you and mm. da da da. They came to my apartment. Mm. Awesome, 9J, the store. <laughs> anyway, back track. Um, awesome, yeah, cool. Thank you for coming. 
because I thought I wasn't gonna get it. Like I thought I was not gonna get this thing. Huh. Get the call the next day. Hey, can we come and shoot in your apartment? Oh, so they hadn't shot yet. They were just like scouting, basically. Uh, they were seeing and they were sizing us all up to see how we were. Mm. And I was just like, whatever. What's up? You know me. I don't give a fuck. I was like, <laughs> oh, Samsung's so weird. <laughs> like I was just like, just like, this is so funny. But it would be funny if everybody really got it. Right, 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 right. I got it. And you got it. Yeah, and I and remember then, when that ad came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, whoa. And I told them, I was like, can you please make sure you put the Bronx, New York? And they mm. put the Bronx, New York. Mm. Total rap. It was a rap. Mm. That's how my mentor found me. Okay. And I said I wanted to open up a store to empower the Bronx. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to show my lifestyle of the Bronx instead of this breakdancing, graffiti, burning Bronx. Oh, cliche stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And that's how I was given the opportunity to open up my pop-up shop, 9J, which was my apartment number. Mm, no kidding. So that ad huh. that I saw in front of my, my um, office on 35th Street and 7th Avenue on mm. the corner, I would look at it every day and go, Oh, I want to work with Samsung so badly. Oh. Now I have personal relationships with Samsung and Google. Hmm. But it was so beautiful to know that it didn't, it didn't come the way I thought. Like I said, I was like, yeah, 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 it yeah, never. Yeah. So hmm. my thing is, as long as I put the energy forth, I will always get it back. Hmm. Um, hmm. And, you know, that ad, which was like international and national, literally opened up. So it was in the Wall Street Journal. Here's what my mentor said. And he said to his sister, we need someone who is cool, who is from the Bronx, and who can like help us start this new movement down here in the Bronx, like the South Bronx, this area. And he claims, probably just really dramatic, he claims that he was looking through the Wall Street Journal and then my ad came, it was a full page. Mm. And what did it say? About the Bronx. <laughs> and I knew there was, because uh, I would have just let them say New York, New York, but something right. kept telling yeah. me yeah, yeah, yeah. to say, I remember saying, can you please make Bronx sure they know it's the Bronx? Right, yeah. <laughs> can you please make sure they say the Bronx? Right. Yeah. And he said, he couldn't believe that it said, like that it was all, like all of this beautiful stuff was happening. And he couldn't, he said he could not believe it. It said the Bronx, New York. Right, right. And then that's when they reached out to me. Mm. I was on the bus. Um, Cause it was like a weekend, it was like Saturday. Mm. And it was like, oh, let's go to Bay Plaza. You know, like the mall up here. I was like, let's take the bus, sure. Awesome. Spring day. And he, I got an email from him and I was like. Was it somebody like, did you recognize the name? No, he emailed me directly. Oh, no kidding. But it's like, who would know he would be so cool? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah. down to earth and to understand it and to actually, mm. the universe said, boop, 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 mm. you know? So it's all connected. And the fact of the matter is that I was prepared. He didn't expect for me to be me. There's a Bronx idea of how a person is and how mm. they speak, how they look. <clears throat> and I'm everything but. You know what I mean? I'm nothing like what people expect. They don't even know that I'm from the Bronx. They think I'm from somewhere else that moved to New York. Oh, I see, I see, I see. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So the fact that when he met me, I was so 
sophisticated and I mm. understood art history and I was literally we were prepared for this right yeah yeah I understood yeah. physics I understood you know architecture I understood everything that he didn't he could not fathom like he couldn't believe it mm. and the fact that I was everything and more yeah so I always say what you see is is what you get and a lot more from and a lot more right and it's like I'm so grateful for my parents and like um, my upbringing and my creativity that allowed me to absorb all this information and um, to be prepared for something like this. Hmm. He didn't think that I was... Going to be as serious as you were? He was just like, hey, let's just help this kid for six months. Right, right. He didn't realize I had access to celebrities and mm. I can mm. make things out of nothing. Interesting. You know, yeah. and that yeah. I actually brought a whole new vibe to the Bronx and people... I was always about the Bronx, so it was natural. It wasn't like forced. Yeah, yeah. Um, and half the businesses that's open now came from them discovering my store hmm. and me saying, you should open up something. <laughs> Literally, like everyone. Hmm. You get it? So it's like my store was never meant to, it was, my store was just so people could come to the Bronx. That's right. why I needed 9J. Right, right. This is my apartment. <clears throat> Um, it's supposed to set an example. It's supposed to yeah, to say rolling. the Bronx is not right. about just graffiti and breakdancing. The yeah. Bronx is like sophisticated people in it, and yeah, I yeah, knew yeah. I was like a representation of it. So I wanted to show. Yeah, that. you were the face of it. Yeah, and it changed the way people saw this area. Cool. And now it's happened. Very cool. So on that note, <laughs> I know it was a lot. That's good. That's that's an amazing amount of things. Thank you. Thank you for being the, my first guest on Creative Codex. Yeah. I think it's gonna give people a lot of stuff to think about. It's I'm excited. Me a, lot of, a lot of stuff to think about. You know, this helped me too because I'm, I'm in this process of. I literally just started like writing last night. Mm. Officially saying I'm gonna do it. So this helped me remember, uh, it reminded me of what I needed to do and what I needed to say. So it's helped me too to get it out. Good, yeah, so, some wheels in motion for you too, cool. Yeah, a lot of wheels are in motion because now I'm like, oh yeah, that happened. My yeah. subconscious has put everything away because it's kind of like, you've done it already, move on. But to tell the story out loud and to remember that everything does happen for a reason and that I'm not just writing a book for vanity. It's cool. Mm -hmm. It's been like a creative therapy session mm -hmm. on this couch. Mm -hmm. This is this so this is funny. On a side note, I want to start my YouTube channel and actually sit with people and interview them on this couch. Perfect. So in a way, this kind of started that too. Perfect. So fantastic. Thank you for listening to this episode with my conversation with Jerome Lamar. Um, I really learned a lot talking to him. I learned more about his background and about his approach, a very unique approach to creativity. And I hope you found that insightful. I hope you found that as interesting and, and entertaining as I did. He's um, a fun person. He's a really fun person to talk to, especially on this subject. You can look up more about him and his work quite easily by simply Googling his name uh, which is Jerome, J-E-R-O-M-E, -E, last name Lamar, L-A-M-A-A-R. 
And go follow him on Instagram. He's huge on it. And you'll find quite a lot of his content inspiring and beautiful, beautiful work. And we're going to end this episode with two more small things. One, big shout-outs to my Patreon supporters, specifically my number one Patreon supporter, Mr. Michael Paisano. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. And he posed a question, which any Patreon supporter can do, and I will answer it on next episodes. So his question, wonderful question for this topic, which was, as a creative, ego can many times get in the way. So the question is, how do you know when to let go of the control and ego and allow someone else to come in and help? He says, I work in groups all the time, but thought this would be an interesting topic to talk about. When one's own ego can hinder creativity and when allowing people to step in can help make a singular vision be better than expected because of the different perspective. Unquote. So Michael's asking basically how to put ego aside, right, in a productive way. I've definitely had that experience myself before, uh, specifically working in films, doing music for films, and when I've had to work with someone else or a group of people. And I think you kind of uh, already partially answered the question by saying you have to put your ego aside. I mean, I think that's an, a main element of being able to work in a group uh, successfully while still being creative. I think the idea of putting your ego aside is, is the important element there because you're sacrificing your own creative drive to be innovative in a way that pleases you and you're sacrificing it for a greater good. That greater good being the project that the group is working on or that even two people are working on. The greater good is the vision of what the ultimate product you're aiming for is and your ego has to be put aside for that. Now, that doesn't mean it's easy. It's something that you kind of have to practice. Um, I'm still occasionally getting caught up in that myself when I'm working on a project and uh, my first inclination is to try to be innovative and come up with something that I feel uh, rewarded by because I feel like I, I, sometimes I can grow by creating something that challenges me. But what challenges me and makes me feel um, happy about growing in a new way isn't always what's appropriate to the project. And so sometimes I'll come up with something, just again, as an example, in, in a film, when I'm writing music for a film, that I'll feel like, oh man, this is you know, some of my best work. But then the director will come back and say, yeah, you know, it's really cool, but it doesn't really work with what I was thinking. And I think similar things happen when you work in a group. You may feel um, you want to take the reins because uh, you want to fulfill your own creative drive. But in a sense, if you know, you're mature enough, you realize that you sacrifice that little part of you that wants to take control and, and have all of the glory, you know, of that creative discovery. And you sacrifice that for the greater good of the final product being informed by everyone, everyone's participation, right? And it's not exactly a natural thing. But in the end, I think it makes people enjoy working with you. It makes people um, remember it as a positive experience. And then thereby, everybody gets to share a little bit of that glory, you know? So in the end, it's actually a matter of practicing, you know, self-control. And the other element of it is, I think, what helps is knowing that you have another outlet 
for that creative drive. So aside from working with, with, a, with a group on a specific project that maybe is a paid project, that you also have an outlet as a creative in your own little area, in your own little personal projects or a little passion project or something you're just working on at home day to day or week to week. Because thereby you're still fulfilling that creative drive to innovate or grow in a new way. And it becomes easier to control that little monster inside of you that wants to take all the glory and, and take all that creative insight for itself. So I think that's the way forward. Putting the ego aside as a sacrifice for a greater good, which takes some maturity and a little bit of practice, but also having an outlet that gives you that experience that you're actually craving. So I hope that answers your question, Michael. And again, if anyone listening would like to ask a question, head over to the Patreon page, and I'll be happy to answer in the following episode. And that's at patreon.com forward slash mjdorian, p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash m-j-d-o-r-i-a-n. Thank you for your support. Thank you for listening. And until next time, this has been Creative Codex. Creative Codex.